Do you like retro games? Check out the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast hosted by Jason Robbins and Derek Diamond, where every week they review old games and cover the latest retro gaming news. Go to nerdcaveretro.com to join the Discord community. If you like the Open Micers Podcast but think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court Podcast hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn, found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Do you believe in ghosts, UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? We are ready to believe you. Join our spirited hosts, Carlos and Wally, as they investigate real ghost videos, discuss guest experiences, and research the real-life origins of some of our favorite horror movies with a dash of Ghostbusters news thrown in from the home office. So, if you believe, you don't, or somewhere in between, join us as we try to unravel the mysteries of the paranormal on Ready to Believe You, wherever podcasts are available. We also want to shout out our other patrons, J.P. Leonard and Tyler Arsenault, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch, it's Open Micers and the house. Pop that pussy with that Open Micers logo in your mouth. Kiss him with his bald-ass head. Jacob looking in bed. It's Open Micers, bitch, heard what I said. Drop that ass, drop that ass, Open Micers in the house. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. Open Micers in the house, Open Micers is a mouse. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. The mic is now open. That's right. The mic is now open. My name is Jason Robbins, and returning to the show is Mr. Sickly himself, Jacob Craig. Dude, it hasn't been the same without me. I've got to say, every episode has been horrible. What have you guys been doing? <laughs> Trying Unlistenable to hold down the fort, without me on man. this pod. I, actually, I had a really good time with you not being here. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I bet you did, Daddy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm so glad to be back, man. I've been sick for like three straight weeks, just struggling it out, but I am back and I'm very excited for our guest today. He is a, a star in comedy that is rising meteorically right now, dude. And he already has so many credits under his belt, including the tonight show being a just for laughs, new face being on Adam Devine's house party on comedy central. It is the one, it is the only, the star of the new YouTube special available right now on the Rob Hayes YouTube channel, Frontin'. It is Rob Hayes. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, happy to be here. I don't believe that that is a recorded uh, theme song. There's clearly <laughs> someone off-camera freestyling that. <laughs> that's That's got to be the story. There's someone off-camera that has a mic that's mic that was, that was freestyling. And you know they they messed up a couple. They, they y'all kept the facade going. That there's no way that's the real theme song. You know, I I wish we were that elaborate with it. But what we did was we let a friend of ours who's been on the podcast a few times, who is a quote unquote recording artist, record us a podcast theme song, and that's what okay. he gave us. All right. You said it was bad. Like you said, you warned me that it was going to be bad. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't know it was going to be like, oh, I could have made this. Yeah. Well, the thing is, no, the, I didn't the know first it was going to be like that. The first like one I thought said, it was going to involve instrument. Well, <laughs> the first one he sent was sent us was a hip hop version. And then um, we didn't. I don't know what happened with that one, but he sent us another one that was the acoustic version that you heard and um i personally like the acoustic version but i mean that's why he's like talking about popping pussy and you know tap that yeah ass. but see it makes sense in the hip-hop version and then when you slow it down for the remix it just loses all of its flavor <laughs> it's acoustic but were, were there any acoustic instrument see, so that- there are you you just can't hear it over the zoom but oh, I, okay I, okay and i assure you with every ounce of my body it does not make it better <laughs> Okay, because I'm like acoustics wild, and then the send an acapella and be like, no, nah, but this is the acoustic version. Like he should just like send imagine the guitar. Version. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard only vocals. Yeah, I don't know why Zoom does that. Zoom is so weird. Like it, it'll 
put the voice through, but it won't play any kind of music. Like, if I play any kind of music, nobody will be able to hear it. It's weird. I don't understand. I love that we all use Zoom and it hasn't improved. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the whole world used it and they're like, well, hey, we didn't ask for y'all to use it for free. Y'all, y'all keep using it for free and every 40 minutes we see what y'all are doing. We ain't, we're not changing nothing. Uh, hell, they charge right. me. I'm paying like $20 a month for this Zoom and they still haven't improved it. So I'm like, well, That's is, crazy. is there something That's two else? Hulus right there. There's something else coming along <laughs> we can Hulus. use. I don't know. It's, it's almost a Disney Plus bundle. Like we could yeah. have <laughs> three streamers at this point instead of doing this podcast. What are we doing? Honestly, Disney Plus needs to like, they need to push more that you could watch all the 30 for 30. Because every day yeah. I'll bring up a 30 for 30 and then there's no way to see it because nobody has ESPN Plus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and now, too, they, they promote the Hulu Disney bundle and it's just kind of like, they, they don't even promote that you get ESPN Plus with that. Like, yeah. that's the way to sell it to dad, dude. Like, this is a bundle mm-hmm, for families. Mm-hmm, dad mm-hmm. wants that ESPN Plus. You right. can watch. There's, I don't know if people know this. Basketball is always on. It's just on at all times of the night. I'll turn on Hulu at 2 in the morning, and there's, like, something streaming. Like, ice hockey, most of the time, there's, like, 15 basketball games on the TV during basketball season. What do you mean? Like I'll like during basketball season, I'll turn on Hulu and it'll set, it'll show live now. And it's just like 15 different basketball games at like two in the morning. These Where games are they coming aren't live. From? These, these aren't live games that you're watching. They can't be, but it says that they're live. What are they lying to us? I, I think you're not interpreting. I think you're getting a live feed of a recorded game. Okay, that would make more sense. Well, what time zone do you live in? Do you live in Hawaii? No, we live in Central Time. We we live in uh, Chicago Time. Okay, okay, but not Chicago. Just just you want to represent their time zone. You can right. you can just say Central Time. <laughs> Birmingham has Central Time too. You don't have to make it like Chicago owns. Like the C is for Chicago. It's yeah, how not, did it's they, for Central. How did they get the 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 tag for for a Central Time? Whenever you're oh, no. like trying to set stuff up, and it's like Chicago Time. How did they get that that moniker? Why not some somewhere else like St. Louis? Well, Chicago's in all of of media in the in the nineties and the eighties. So they got Chucky. They got Candyman, they got Home Alone, oh, yeah. they got Family Matters, they got Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's when they were like, all right, it's Chicago time. Because yeah. like 1986 and 1991, that's definitely Chicago time. Right. And you think about all the states that are on Chicago time. It's like Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. We're all the on whole Chicago Texas. Time. It goes around Texas <laughs> and up. Yeah. Even the time you, your zone. Your man knows time zones. One thing about Rob Hayes, <laughs> I know time zones. Like, yeah. We, that should be the we title of your next into special. It. If, if, if I was ever on a show and it was like, draw the time zone map, I'm getting it better than all the contestants. <laughs> right. That yeah. should be the name of your next special, I Know Time Zone. It might be. It might be. So does that mean the time zone is afraid of Texas, that it won't even go through Texas? It goes around? I don't think it was easy back whenever they created time zones to pitch the concept to Texans. <laughs> so they got frustrated and they were like, you know what? You are right. This is the Lone Star State. It's all central time. This is the center of the United States. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Hey, hey, I know. I know it's wrong. I know it's not scientific. I know the longitude <laughs> does not line up, but we're not going to tell them that. We're going to get out of here. They got guns. <laughs> Look, they almost started another war over that. Right, right. It's not a war over anything. You know, you know how Texans are. Like, no, no, no. Y'all, hey, y'all, uh, from here all the way to Alabama, that's, that's the center. That's <laughs> right. The middle of the country <laughs> right there. <laughs> what, what won't Texas start a war over? Because they started, they they competed in two really big ones. Yeah. Hmm. Now this when I named the wars that Texas was in. This... 
Were they, were they, where were they? They was in the war 1812, the seven years war. Was they in that one? It was the Spanish American war that was fought primarily with Texas. Right. 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 And then the civil war, Texas was a part of that, weren't they? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. The civil war for sure. Was Texas founded during the civil war? Jason, you remember. Dude, I don't know. (laughs) You know more about American history than I do. You're a teacher for God's sake. Okay. I teach special needs kids, Jason. We don't (laughs) talk about the Civil War. It'll just spook them. But I'm special needs. Start our OnlyFans. I'm special needs. You need to teach me. My insurance is horrible. (laughs) So, uh, so Rob, tell me about your special. How is the reception for the new special going? Because let me tell everybody out there, the new special fronting on YouTube is freaking awesome. Um, It's been great. The only thing is I got to figure out how to get people to see it. I just, you know, um, overwhelmingly, I mean, I want to say 99% of the feedback has been positive. Um, It's been years of work. I started working on this material after my my previous album, Hazelpedia, in 2019. But I was going to chicken out and talk about silly things. And then the pandemic happened. And then I decided, like, Hey, I, it's now or never. If I, if I, you know, what's the point of me doing stand up and talking to people every night if I don't talk about something a little more grounded? Um, but I wanted to do it in a funny way, and so I worked it out all over the country. I was talking to a streamer that was gonna pay for it. They pulled out, and then I put my own money up and shot it myself in Atlanta uh, last year. So, um, yeah. I need I need this money back, y'all. I need people to uh, pre-order this album. I need people to watch it. I need people to turn it on when they're not watching it. Just keep it on in your sleep. You know what I'm saying? Instead of watching that game at 2 o'clock, you know you're going to fall asleep before you know who's going to win. Just turn on a special one time. You know what I'm saying? That's that's not just you. That's everybody. That's not right. just for Jake. Instead of watching those pre-recorded live two in the morning basketball games, turn on yeah, Rob Hayes. You getting fooled? You getting fooled by some replays? I hate to burst your bubble, but them 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 college kids ain't awake. <laughs> they're awake doing something else at two in the morning. Yeah, they awake playing basketball. They, yeah, but they they ain't in, they ain't in basketball all the time. Yeah, yeah, and I gotta say, man, like that's that's the difference I think between most comics is that when something like that happens, where you have a streamer that says you're says they're going to pay for a special. They pull out. The only way it's going to happen is if you pay for it out of pocket. I feel like most people in any industry, when it comes to like that level of risk, would be like, "All right, well, that's my sign to not do this." And then you put up your own money and then produce, you know, a fantastically received YouTube special. Yeah, no, I I, I took it a different way. I was like, "This is my sign to own this." you know, forever. So, you know, there's all, you know, when comedians blow up, there's always that used to be that one DVD in Walmart where it's like, when did they, when did they record this? When did they they get on on the orange sweatshirt? I've never seen this one, you know, and and some, some dude just owned the rights, had them sign a contract and now, you know, is making money off of it. So maybe I can do that to myself. Maybe, you know, if I blow up, big enough then i you know release it again as the video rob hayes doesn't want you to see you know and it's right. actually a, a really good special send it to people in the mail sell it at shows for merch mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. You, you've been in the game long enough you've had to have worked with a comic that's like so old school that they still still they still sell like dvds as merch at the merch tables oh man i mean like when i started everyone had dvds yeah. Like people doing a guest spot had a DVD. Real. So like the people would walk out of comedy club and just be berated. Like right. they would just just like so many people. I all right, I bought five DVDs. Can I please <laughs> get to my car? Like everyone that's on the show is like, I'm selling DVDs, I'm selling DVDs. Unless the headliner was selling DVDs and they had to put their foot down, no one else could sell DVDs. It was like it was people in the crowd selling DVDs while the headliner was on. That's how ruthless it used to be in Atlanta. It would be you would see somebody in the corner like, no, five dollars. Mine only five dollars. He gonna charge you twenty. You know, like yeah, it was it was nuts. 
I never did that because I I never at that point I was so new I didn't have enough material that I felt confident selling, knowing that I was gonna need to do it. Right. So I wasn't gonna like sell you my act and then also go do my act tomorrow. So were the were the DVDs that these guest spots selling? Were they just like burned DVDs of a set that they had done, like it Flip wasn't produced? Cam footage. <laughs> no way. Microsoft <laughs> Movie Maker. No way. Titles. Yes. Maybe some plugins. Maybe they got a hookup. Some of these DVDs pre-exist everybody having a computer. So they knew a guy with the computer. They get them the set. They, yeah, it's it's the wild, wild west. Maybe they maybe they fill it with skits and you know, documentary footage or something. Hey man, this is how we write jokes right here. Or you just get a 15-minute set. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. I don't think those DVDs had too many special features. That came some of them, no, some people were <laughs> ambitious. Some people was like, "I'm gonna sell it." You know, we made a music video trying to catch one on YouTube. We're gonna put that on there. Uh, we, you know, we got this footage. My boy who has a camera caught footage of us roasting. We'll put that on there, and then we'll put five minutes of jokes on there. Sprinkle them in between. And that's the DVD. Some people did it like that. Like some people really was like, all right, if you're going to buy something from me, it's going to be a playable thing that you could at least watch once. And also this is like free streaming. So, you know, if if people would watch it because eventually you you can only watch a hangover so many times. Right. (laughs) Yeah, But don't you feel like that, that, that era of comedy and and even music, like a lot of people got famous off, you know, slinging their merch at shows and in oh, parking yeah. lots and stuff. Isn't, wouldn't that be a lot easier than trying to get people to watch a YouTube special nowadays? Uh, no, because like, like I'll have a tweet go stupid and then I could be like, hey, watch this and get people from, from a tweet. And then also like people will be watching my special in my sleep. Like I'll wake up and the numbers never the same. Yeah. I feel like with the DVDs, it's kind of like you got to be when you're not in the streets, your DVD is not in the street. Yeah. Right. Man, and the difference between times now, too, like back then, I'm sure I would not have wanted to be bothered with people's DVDs at all. But like now I kind of want to see what's on that DVD. <laughs> I would kind of pay any amount of money to see what is on this burned DVD <laughs> that you're selling to me while the headliners on stage. I wish I had gotten everybody's DVD from that time. And I wish I kept and held on to all those DVDs. Because, you know, yeah, it's like a time capsule. Some of those people don't even, like the people who are good also sold DVDs. The people who were headliners and had like an hour club set and stuff, they would also sell DVDs. And some of those would be amazing. It's just like one camera shot way in the back or something. But it's still a, like incredible, you know, and I, I wish I had that to give to them like, hey, I saved this from you, you know, go crazy on TikTok like you, you know, like, I, yeah, I, I, I wish I had some of some of these people's TV and I wish I had an idea of what everybody was doing. Right. Yeah. Sort of a where are they now? Oprah episode of mm-hmm, <laughs> the mm-hmm. Atlanta comedy scene from back then. Yeah. That's what we need to do, Jacob. Make some DVDs of the Open Micers podcast and then go s- try to sell them <laughs> at comedy shows. Nah, I don't think people want to listen to this shit for free on Spotify, dude. I don't think anyone would want to buy a burger. I think ironically, if y'all make a bit, a good enough bit about DVDs and that whole era, and then you're like, you know, and then after you do the bit, you're like, I'm selling these DVDs. Y'all make a cover, y'all print it out. Y'all probably could make some bread. Not yeah, a bad idea. That, that is a good idea, dude. We should try that out uh, the yeah. next show that we go to. I don't need a huge percentage. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, you know, I'll just take a dollar off each DVD for starts. But, you know. Right. Um, what we'll do it, is it for go down after a while in perpetuity. So for every DVD we sell, we will watch uh, Rob Hayes fronting five times. Okay. All right. We could do it like that. 
We can do it like that. We got to erase this part, though. YouTube might be listening. but Right, yeah, we got to sure. edit this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want old Susan to take the bad boy down. Who's Susan? <laughs> she is the owner of YouTube or the CEO or whatever. Okay, shout out to Susan. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We love everything you're doing over there. You know what I'm saying? Chocolate Rain. Um, <laughs> cat videos. You know, uh, soldiers coming back home, hugging their kids. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Vivo, everything going on over there. Catch the videos and whatnot. Yeah, Susan, we love you. Dude, I have not thought about Chocolate Rain in a hot fucking minute, bro. <laughs> in a hot minute. Yeah, man. I've been I, I, I've been promoting my special, but I've also been promoting YouTube.com. It's a great <laughs> website. You know Just trying saying? to be a company man. Right. I'm a company guy. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, streamers out there, that you could have had this promo. You could have had this love, but y'all, y'all let Susan get it. Look at who, what you missed out on, Hulu. Mm-hmm. Dude, mm-hmm. Hulu stopped trying. Hulu's just accepted that everyone else has cornered the comedy market. They're right. not putting anything on there no more. Yeah. You should have tried to get tried to get on Hulu, Rob. You could have you could have been the only uh, special on Hulu. Man, I, I don't. You know, who knows what the future holds? But but right now, right now, you know, Susan's gonna make me the next Mr. Beast. Y'all watch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we're, co- I, we're I, company men here too, because this is uh, the only way you can see the video of this podcast is on YouTube. Because we love you. Okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't even know I was being filmed. I didn't, let me zip this all the way up. I didn't know I was being filmed. <laughs> I apologize. So I, I do want to get your take on this, Rob. So do you think it's it's easier or harder putting a product like this out now that there are like so many streamers? Cause like, you know, there are like, there's literally a stand up comedy special on UFC fucking fight pass. And at the same time, there's these fantastic comics who are self-producing and putting it on YouTube. Cause they're like, yeah, all of the streamers are flooded. Like no one's interested. Um, I mean, I think it's a very hard time that came after a very easy time. I think if you had that thing hot and ready to upload, March, April of 2020, you could have ate. And I think all of us saw that. All of us saw the people pop off of TikTok, pop off of of social media, pop off of YouTube, get a ton of dates off of it. And, you know, I think we still have that mindset. Um, For me, you know, my people came to me in 2020 and they were like, we see what's going on. And to me, it just felt like if I put something out now, I don't have anything in my possession to put out. And if I put something out, it's not going to be of up to my standards and, and what I want to talk about. You know, I I had just put out an album August of 19. And so I, I felt kind of like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really feel like I had the set at that time to put out. And so, um, but also I'm thinking the world's ending. So I'm like, they calling me worried about numbers and YouTube and stuff. And I'm like, we're going to die. This is the apocalypse. Like I, I really thought it was over when I saw a cordon with no audience. I was like, well, the world's ending, bro. We're not going to have carpool karaoke no more. It's over with, you know, like they, they ended an NBA game in the middle, like yeah. What are you talking about? So I wasn't thinking about money. I was just thinking about survival at the time. Right. Yeah. And, and it seemed like at least for entertainment, it was over at that time because, you know, you, you've got the best comics in the world still having to figure it out again. Like mm-hmm. guys like Sam Morell up on a rooftop, just shouting jokes down at people who are spread out wearing masks like no one's ever seen anything like this before. And no one cracked the code that all of y'all could have just come down here to Mississippi and had a normal show in like March of 2020. Because that's what we were doing down here. We were still just having comedy shows. Y'all should have come okay. on down, man. I don't I I never been invited to Mississippi. I don't think I've ever done stand-up in, in Mississippi. That's crazy, especially you know, coming out of the Atlanta scene. Yeah, that is crazy. I've tried. I've I've done some stand up in Memphis, but not yeah, okay. not in Mississippi. 
right, yeah, dude. We gotta I'm, get him down here somehow. Oh, dude. we gotta do. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would we, love to go. I would love to go. I would love to go to Mississippi. I got stung by a jellyfish in the in the Gulf of Mexico one time <laughs> down in Biloxi. You know, I've been to Mississippi. I've been at the che- uh the Chuck E. Cheese in Hattiesburg one time. That's a long story. But like, yeah, I, I've been through Mississippi for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. You know not to get in the water now though, right? Like you can't get in the water no more down here. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, the water. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not blue. I will no. say that. I will say that that <laughs> it's not blue. I got on a jet ski with my dad and my sister. They were fine. And I, you know, like I, the first time I saw a jellyfish in person was earlier that day. I saw one. And then when I got stung, I like ran out the water. And then I saw all these like washed up jellyfish all over the place and then i was like oh this is where they be at like this is they yeah. own this place yeah a lot of people offer to pee on you when you get stung <laughs> i was gonna that. ask if you had anybody pee on you that's you southern hospitality right there <laughs> like my dad was offering and but he was also like crying a little bit and i was just like nah i'm gonna just like i think i got it i think i'm okay he hit me in the calf and it just felt like something was forcing me to do a calf racer like all night long but then like i think the next day it stung a little bit and after that i was fine because the thing is i mean i'm pretty sure there's some like old ass boomer white guys that would you know jump at the chance to pee on a black guy on the beach i mean mississippi i mean they'll pee on you if you don't have a jellyfish on you (laughs) (laughs) they're just waiting for you to ask (laughs) i wasn't asking though i wasn't asking I was like, I want to say I was like 15, maybe. Yeah. See, and now you're you're lucky if you do get stung by a jellyfish, because uh, this was like right before the news story broke or whatever. Me, my brother, and my dad went fishing. We're just wading out into the Gulf and catching fishing poles. And then in the car on our way home, we noticed we have rashes like all up and down our shins. And then a couple of days later, the news story broke that flesh-eating bacteria got into the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, that shit will eat you up, dude. Like, e- even if it doesn't, like, it's killing people. Even if it doesn't, like, seriously hurt you, it left, like, nasty rashes all over our legs. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be a lot worse, so, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sorry to hear that. that that's terrible. Yeah, if you come back, don't get in the water. We still got okay. it. Don't okay. go in there. Okay. How's the drinking water out there? Is it all right? Yeah, don't. I, I okay. wouldn't. Okay. Drinking right. water's fine. Just don't, you know, don't go in the water in the Gulf. That's just, yeah. if, you're, if you're a tourist and you come to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, just don't get in the water. Nah. Cool. Cool. Drinking water's cool, man. Most of us are set up on wells, so we're spoiled. Because, like, we got a well out in the yard, the water's better than ever else. Yeah, but the problem with well water is it smells like, uh, it smells like sulfur. Yeah, what? No, the fucking city water smells like sulfur, dude. The, the well water I, smells like minerals and Dude, dirt. I'm on city water, and it doesn't smell like anything. It just smells like Yes, water. it does. I won't drink the water at your house. <laughs> <laughs> it smells disgusting. I've never seen two people uh, roast each other for water quality. <laughs> <laughs> this is all we got it. That's point. all we do is roast <laughs> each other. But uh Rob, I want to start getting into your uh origins and comedy a little bit. Start talking okay. a little bit about the open mics of uh days past. So I'm assuming you started your comedy career in Atlanta. Um about technically what? Athens. I, I started my last year at UGA, but I I was going back and forth and doing doing uh some mics and stuff in Atlanta, but but um the first year Athens and then Atlanta all after that. What year was okay? That? Uh 2009. Uh I started in August 2009 and then I didn't uh get to Atlanta till uh I graduated like on July 31st, 2010, and then August 1st, I was at Uptown Comedy Corner at their open mic. Okay. So, so it was a done deal. I was, I was, I was going to do stand-up. How long were you doing comedy in Atlanta before you moved to, to New York? 
five years. So I moved to New York in June of, of 15. Okay. So I want to uh, backpedal a little bit to doing comedy in Athens. So before you, you even set foot on stage, you're in Athens, Georgia. What goes into the decision of like getting on the stage? Like what makes you think that you're funny at this point? Um, so I'm, I'm in school. Some of the stuff I'm talking about in the special, I, I was alienated. I, I really didn't feel like I had any friends. And uh, I went to a poetry night. I'm kind of depressed. You know, no, I'm not sitting next to anybody I know. I'm just like kind of there. And they're like, there's an open mic. I signed up for the open mic to do a poem right after the people who were prepared and auditioned and everything. And I started making a poem about the poetry night. And then they called my name first on the open mic. They called somebody's name. They chickened out. They didn't, they didn't go up there. They called my name. I go up. And it's hilarious. I'm making a poem about the night, about the punch bowl, about the, the, the different poems that people did, you know, the way that they're trying to use their whole vocabulary in one poem and all this stuff. It's hilarious. Each line getting a big laugh. After that, people started calling me a comedian, started getting a reputation as a comedian. But I had never done jokes. So I had a friend who who did some stand up and he was like he would get booked on stuff, but he had burned through all his material at the school. So he, people were tired of his jokes. He didn't have a place to work out new jokes or a process. So he would bring me and then I would do silly poems and then I would do poems at the poetry nights and stuff. So I was a poetry guy. And then one day I was like, I want to I want to do jokes. And so I, I talked to him. I told him about it. He told me about this open mic they were starting. Ronnie Jordan was the host. And then uh, I went up for my first time. I did like 15. Uh, you know, I just I just emptied out everything, everything I wanted to talk about. It was okay, you know. Uh, it was probably the the best of the of the people whose first time it was. And then Ronnie told me basically, you got to get up every night. You just got to perform every night. The next week, I went to Uptown Comedy Corner. I got booed off the stage. The next night, I crashed my car. I don't think these two things are related, but <laughs> they could be. A lot of people in my life thought they were related. <laughs> uh, so then my car had this huge dent um, and my airbag deployed, cut me up and stuff. I came back to school with no car. But then pretty much after that, I, I would figured out how to get on stage. Not every night in Athens, pretty much once a week. So either there was, there was like a, a once a month show that I would do. I would host everything. Whenever a comedian came to school, I would open for them. I hosted pageants. I hosted a contest. I hosted, uh, I wrote a um, sketch show for, for uh, a fraternity and sorority. I was just doing with it i was so ambitious and i was just doing whatever it took so so did what kind of comedians were coming through the college at that time was it anyone big or was it kind of just like road dog college comic um i want to say ronnie jordan came uh while i was in college godfrey came before right. i started uh the first comedy show i ever went to was Carlos Mencia, who came nice. to uh, Legion Field and basically did crowd work for hours and called us deep to deets for hours. Uh, <laughs> but it was weird because it was like, I was like, this, I don't think this is it. But they were loving it. And also, he like shook everyone's hand and like gave autographs to anybody who wanted to autograph and took pictures. So he left and everybody's like, man, that was the nicest guy, blah, blah, blah. I right. was thinking like, yeah, but like, what did he say? You know, but this, this is the same time that like Vicious Circle was out. The, uh, right. that, that was the special 
that I feel like that was the the special, and then Pimp Chronicles came out, and then it was it was like Cat Williams' world after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think a lot of people had a hard time speaking out against him too, because like you think it's obvious, like oh, the guy stole your joke, fuck him, you speak out against him. And oh, this then- is before that. This is before that. This is like this is like that year. So like he right. came that August. And then that might have happened either like later in 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 oh six or early oh seven. And then when that happened, like we was shook. We was like, yeah, that that was wild. Because yeah, that that um the the him and Joe Rogan and Ari Shafir thing hadn't yeah. hadn't happened yet. Yeah, gotcha. And but see, and and when all that went down, like you mentioned him being such a nice guy, like you see in the documentary, they, they talked to Bobby Lee and they're like, dude, come on stage and talk about how he stole all these jokes from you. And he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. He's been really nice to me. Like he's given me all these opportunities. Like, why would I call him out? Even if he did steal my jokes, like I, I like that could have been like a means to an end a little bit for him to, yeah. you know, no one wants to call out the nicest guy in the room. I mean, if he is doing shitty stuff. Right, right, right. Um, Oh man, Michael Richards happened while I was in college. Nice. And that was like the first first I don't know why the Laugh Factory looked familiar. Maybe because I watched Torgasm. But yeah. like when I saw it, it didn't look foreign. It didn't look like, oh, what is this place with this blue and all this? It looked like I think I know this place. And uh but yeah, I remember everybody seeing that and i remember thinking wow that's powerful like like you know and also what you do in a in a club could leave the club right because i feel like before that you know like um we downloaded a bootleg of Chappelle in a club somebody had brought a recorder to the club Mm -hmm. and then put it on like napster or whatever (laughs) you know because i Bear share or something, and we, you know, we de- we had a bootleg in high school of Chappelle, bootleg of Patton Oswalt, uh, and 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 Zach Galifianakis and stuff. But like, uh, you know, but we, we we that felt dirty. That felt like you know the the FBI could could stomp our door down any moment. <laughs> listening to that, but the Michael Richards thing and that being like carried to the point where. They was apologizing on Letterman. It was like, oh, stuff can leave the club for real, you know? And did that kind of give you, like, hope as a comic a little bit, too? Because I think to a lot of people, it proved the point that, like, a really bad hack comic can make it if they're just given the right opportunity, right? So, like, if, if you're working with talent, you already have an upper hand. Because Michael Richards was never good at comedy. I mean, he proved it with... He was never good every- at stand-up. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to take up for the racist this time, but, you know, what he did as Kramer, he was already... He was on Fridays. You know, he, he already had, like, a long career in comedy. But, yeah, he wasn't a stand-up. And a lot of stand-ups, when stand-ups started getting popular again, a lot of people who weren't stand-ups are down to jump in the stand up and take the take our money. Right. Yeah, but Let's, the thing uh, I, was, I like always Screech wondered Saved by the Bell. I always wondered about that is like Michael Richards was making like almost a million dollars an episode for, for Seinfeld those last couple of years. He didn't need the money. I mean, why did he even try to go do stand up? Coke's expensive. You don't, you don't know how he spent that that Kramer money. True. You don't know you know, you making that Kramer money in '97, it's done in in '98. You don't you don't know what he did in 2000. What what deals people said? Everybody thinking like you. Everybody walking. Mike got it, man. He Kramer. Hey, hey, put it on Kramer's tab, man. Kramer got it. You know Kramer. Just imagine his hair like that. He got it. You know. <laughs> Like everywhere he goes, so I I could see being on a hit show like you know it's not called Kramer, it's called Seinfeld. He not making he not making Jerry money and Jerry on the road, you know. Uh, uh, Elaine, she old Christine, she knew Christine, she beat, you know what I'm saying? She she Valkyrie, she she getting money, you know what I'm saying? Like like he ain't getting money like them. I, I could I could see it, I could see it, I could see being typecast and also not saving. 
and then being like, man, what, what time did Laugh Factory get started? But I right. Don't, I don't think he was ever really a stand-up comedian, though. Right, right. And that, but that's the problem. That's the, that's the real problem, is these people who aren't stand-ups also want to skip steps. They couldn't even fathom going to an open mic, maybe. And, like, open mics in L.A. are nuts. You might not go up. They might not pick your name. Yeah. And then you got to stick around and clap and pretend to laugh and stuff so that the next time you show up, they maybe pick your name. Oh, I've been here four times. I haven't got picked yet. Like, like you got to deal with that stuff out here. New York, no audience. Everybody probably going to go up, but still it's no, it's no fun. Like mics in the South are fun. There are people there. Yeah. They're actual non-comedians there, you know, like, uh, and, and for me, that to me, that's why I, I feel like one of the pitfalls in Atlanta comedy is there's a, there's a disrespect for time. A lot of, a lot of Atlanta comics end up being long winded. They don't trim the fat. They ha- develop bad habits because they don't have that pressure of where is the joke? pure jokes where are the jokes and it's and it's a lot of fluff surrounding jokes sometimes yeah right so in your time on the atlanta open mic comedy scene are are there any like crazy characters or crazy open mic nights that stand out in your mind uh yeah there was a a a open mic at at a strip club the candy shop nice Uh, and you know when people's like stop the the music at a strip club and say, "Hey, these people are gonna tell jokes." <laughs> no one that's there is happy. Yeah, right. They're not you know there to the see comedy. Not making money. They not happy. <clears throat> the patrons, they did not come. They it's on a Monday. If they in the strip club on a Monday, they're not they're not trying to laugh with you, you know. And so it's just a uh, that that one was pretty crazy. Um, there was this guy, his name was Tommy in the box. And uh, he had this box he put on his head. And it, it was like this thing he made. And it had these two like metal things on it. And he had a wrench. And he would just like bang the box and stuff. And then like one time he brought a wheel. And he had this wheel and this bag of props. But he didn't manage his time right, and he never got to the wheel. So he wheeled this whole wheel in, but we didn't see the what the wheel was about because he he got the light before it was time for him to get into the wheel. Um, there was this uh, duo called Jew and a Black Guy, and uh, they they were a comedy team. And uh, one of them was Jewish and he would wear like a, a yarmulke and the other one would wear a do-rag. But then he'd take the do-rag off and he had a yarmulke on <laughs> under the do-rag. Um, and <laughs> one time they went, like there's, there's these, uh, the hardest rooms in Atlanta where this was a Uptown Comedy Corner and they had like Boo Night, which was Sunday night. And that's where, like, if the crowd didn't like you, they had permission to boo you off stage. And you only got three minutes. So Golly. people getting booed off 45 seconds. They turn the music off wrong. They getting booed off the stage. Like, it's a short leash. And that's basically where I got started. The first time I did it, I got, like, booed off the stage. That's like, come the back shit in six that's going to make you sharp. <laughs> yeah. Next time I got up, I was ready for war. I was ready to attack. And I'm I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about what I got on, what the person in the front row has on. I'm talking about everybody. And they're like, man, that was good. Next week, you know, tell some jokes. And so then next week I came up with that same attack attitude. But, you know, my jokes trimmed all the way down to purely set up punch, no fat, boom, 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 boom. And did what in my mind was like, Five minutes of material in that three minutes. It was like, oh, I thought I had five, but I really had three, you know. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm I got a closer. I got a, like I'm I'm like figuring it out fast, you know. 
I'm like, all right, this show definitely goes at the end because I can't follow it with nothing, you know, like, um, but Jew and a Black Guy goes up at this night and the crowd is so confused. They don't say anything. And then Shawty Shawty, the host, he gets on the mic and he's like, man, y'all got to start booing these people, man. Like, this is not what this night is about. Like, y'all got to... He was like, man, we y'all can't just be up here looking confused, man. Y'all gotta start booing and then like brought somebody else up. Yeah. That's hilarious. That the, the host sets up the audience to boo the next comic off. Yeah, like it was it was ruthless. It was ruthless. But you know, like like the thing is, there's no HR, there's no application process. You just show up and then they ask you your name and then you tell them what you want them to hear. You know, it got to the point uh, after a while at Uptown, they stopped letting me do the open mic because it was like I was I was, you know, getting established, but I wasn't getting work at the club. So then I would start signing up under a pseudonym. Wow. And so I would sign up under another name and then the host would be like, man, man, that's not you. You're not you're not you're not Jacob Craig. I'm like, yeah, I'm Jacob Craig tonight, you know. So no, everyone, any- everyone would be much more disappointed if, if it was actually me, Rob Hayes. <laughs> hate, hate to disappoint everybody. Have uh, you ever been in any altercations on stage? Um, a lady threatened to cut me one time. Uh, but but what happened was her they were they were nuts. They were nuts. They were extremely uh you could tell they don't normally go places. Cause yeah. they took they they were celebrating their daughter's birthday at a comedy show. They brought little kids in a comedy show. And the daughter was so drunk, they were like, they asked me, they were like, do you really want to go up? If you ever ask me if I want to go up, I'm going to be like, yeah. I'm never going to say no. I'm always going to believe that like I'm going to come out triumphant. I'm not going to just watch a whole show and then go home and be like, well, you know, was it was it right? So I'm like, yeah, they bring me up. I get up. I'm riffing on the song. Uh it was um it was a Migos song. The Migos had just came out. They say something about Katrina. I say something about Katrina. These people I might be from New Orleans. Cause they start they just hear the word Katrina and then they get into a fit the girl whose birthday it is starts flashing me when she starts flashing me i'm just like all right you know like i probably shouldn't have went up like like this is this is crazy now her mom is so mad that the girl's flashing me she's like i will cut you and i'm like i didn't tell her to do that like i didn't make her do that i don't even know why when she's angry she would pull her breast out you know what i'm saying and so now i don't see a knife or anything but just the threat i will cut you it was just kind of like and then the dj turned the music on and then i just like then i was like kind of pissed because i'm like i dictate you know when it's over or whatever and i'm never gonna steer us in a place of violence but I should be able to commentate on how ridiculous this is. And then right. I, I bounced after that. Yeah. I didn't so, find out if she really so the had girl a, a knife that, or something. The girl that pulled her, her tits out, she was pissed and that's why she pulled her tits out, or was she just drunk? I think she was too drunk. I think she was like trying to signify I'm ready to party, not listen to comedy anymore. <laughs> right. Maybe. I don't know. Or she was like, I have suppressed trauma that bringing up Hurricane Katrina brings out of me. And right. I will show you my breast right but now. But it was just the, it was the lyrics in the song. Quavo brought up Katrina. <laughs> right. I, was, I was just brought up. I'm addressing the song I'm brought up to. I don't have a, a signature song at that time. Whatever I hear in the song, I normally riff off of. That's kind of, that was kind of my thing. And so I don't, yeah, but maybe there was something with, with, you know, her and clothes and Katrina. I don't know. I don't know. Look, maybe she was so drunk. She thought you were Cuevo. 
Like maybe that's a possibility. <laughs> I don't I doubt that. I doubt that, but I do think I do think they wanted to end the show and they were successful. There was this one open mic that Bruce Bruce used to have at backstage and there was this group of people there. They were uh, dancers. There was like a dance group and they were called the Freaks for Life. And they would uh, they would dance after the show ended. So they would try to boo the comedians so that they could dance earlier. Mm. And uh, that used to always be tough because it's like, I, y'all are not trying to enjoy the show, but also y'all are the only people here. Right. So yeah. are, are those at like, like the one where the, the girl flashed you? was like, is that one of those shows where it's at a place that it doesn't normally have comedy? Um, yeah, but this night was solidified as the comedy night and they had perfect conditions, brick wall, low ceilings, well lit, uh nice stage like 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 this place was super conducive to an amazing comedy show but you know a big party of drunk people and with children could take it over is that right like is that- most shows like most shows you know yeah. outside of like a stadium i feel like a big party with children and drunk people could take over most of comedy that's that's one of the secrets that i, I wish i didn't tell on this podcast and i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> for that. i'm sorry they have Kevin Hart, power over us um you know seinfeld uh everybody involved amy schumer i'd like to apologize for y'all for letting out one of the secrets but you know it is what it is that's the kind of exclusives you get on this podcast Oh yeah, that's it right there, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in I was in a similar situation where it it ended a little better for you. I wish there was a DJ playing music off for me, but like same same type of deal. It's it's a place that doesn't usually do comedy, but I'm I'm there like headlining whatever like a a paid spot at the end of the open mic. But like they have a a flashing like neon billboard outside the the restaurant, and my face is on it like my picture is up there and it says jacob craig comedy night 11 o'clock like every two seconds it's flashing up there and uh the same thing like a party of drunk people came in and just disrupted the entire night started saying a bunch of racist stuff to like all of the black open micers that were up there and then as soon as i get up there i start like just tearing them a new one so I'm winning over the comics because it's only the drunk people and the comics that are there. And just immediately, I guess I look like I'm very fightable because the guy's like, yeah, no, this is what we're going to do now. Engine just fucking storms after me on stage trying to kick my ass. You got the mic? Yeah. Is there a mic stand? Yeah. Oh, I was reaching for it. I was trying to hit him with it, dude. Well, then what, what happened? He storms at you, and then what happened? Uh, a guy ran out of the kitchen and hugged both of us. So we're like, he's... A guy made it out of the kitchen on a stage to get yes. to this dude. Okay. So, like, he, he's, he gets to me at this, around the same time, because we're arguing for a minute. Like, around the same time, a guy from runs out of the kitchen and just, like, grabs both of us and, like, makes us kind of stand there looking at each other so this guy in the kitchen is he a fullback at uh mississippi state or (laughs) Ole miss or he was probably too athletic to be dropping french fries i'll say that (laughs) (laughs) he should probably got a scholarship passed up (laughs) because he got there real fast yeah no that sounds insane that that john wick was in the kitchen Dude, he's he's moonlighting as a as like a vigilante at night because he's yeah. like I hear danger I gotta run to it right well, now. Well, look, I don't know right. how it is up north, out west, but here in the south, you do not want to mess with people that work in a kitchen. Those are the people oh. that you. Oh do yeah, not I'm mess from with. the south, by the way. Like I yeah, I'm, I'm from Georgia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, especially if yeah. you're at a Waffle House, Waffle House people oh, will man. straight up kick your ass. For sure. Yeah, that video of that lady catching that chair was, was incredible. 
But also, also, why would you mess with somebody at the Waffle House? They're making everybody so happy. Right. Real. Yeah. I've know. never, I've never gotten to it with anyone at a Waffle. Even though Waffle House said I felt uncomfortable, I still never got into it with anyone. Now I've had like waited a long time to be served and bounced because I felt like there was a sign. I felt like, hey, they let me know, you know, you don't want to eat. Here. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And I have and I have bounced, but I yeah. I uh I have a lot of respect for the cooks out there. I yeah. I used to work in the kitchen for a second. I worked at the Chick-fil-A at the Atlanta airport. So we're considering that working at a kitchen at the Chick-fil-A <laughs> at the Atlanta airport. I was in the kitchen. <laughs> no, all right. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Was there were there any crazy activities happening at the Chick Fil A? I mean, Lil John came one time. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Vanilla Ice came one time. Rob Van Winkle himself. Um, you know, I was putting nuggets in drawers. I really wasn't doing nothing <laughs> heavy as far as cooking. They they really didn't believe in my in my cognitive ability, and they really just had me holding on a hot trays and and you know full of eggs and putting eggs in drawers and and chicken in drawers and and taking them out and put them on sandwiches and put put nuggets in a box right i would try to hook people up you know when when you see nine nuggets in an eight count you know that's somebody looking out for you i know the count (laughs) see that's the distinction though because how how many people did you work with in that kitchen that didn't know how to count I think everybody knew how to count. I think some some people are nicer than other people. We right. all can count to eight. Well, everybody knew how to count to eight. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know about the twelve count, but the eight. Everybody knew how to count to eight. Right. <laughs> they they had to put that on the application. Single digits. We got that. We got that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well. Rob, man, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here, dude. We are we're, yeah. we're running out of time, unfortunately. Um, please tell everyone where they can follow you, where they can watch the special. What do you got to tell everybody? Um, I'm at Rob Hayes on everything. R O B H A Z E R O B H A Z E. Just spell it once. Seven letters. I know you can do it. Sometimes I spell it out and people still type it the other way. Like I watch them. Like I just spelled it out loud and then they hand me their phone and I'm just like, I I really don't know what people are hearing. (laughs) Um, I finally got at Rob Hayes on Twitter and then, you know, Elon turned it into X and now we're living in this world. Like I have been arguing with the dude that had Rob Hayes for years. I finally got my name on there. So I'm at Rob Hayes on most everything. Uh, just type in Rob Hayes on YouTube. You'll find front and please give it a watch. Uh, also pre-order the album. The album drops on March 2nd, February 31st. That's an Easter egg for those of you who have heard front. And if you haven't, you watch it, then you'll get it. You'll understand. Uh, but yeah. Well, I'm going to have all awesome, the links man. in the show notes. I got your website. I got your Instagram. And I got a link to the front and YouTube comedy special, which is awesome. And please, if you listen to this show, go watch that special. It is something, something to behold. It's one of my favorite specials I've watched so far this year. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was, I was going, I was wondering what the last part was going to be. Like if you said this week, I'd be like, man, this week just started. (laughs) No, it's the best comedy special I've seen in the last 48 hours. (laughs) It was it was the best comedy special I watched an hour before this interview. (laughs) Oh man. This year it's like, all right, we're a couple months in. Okay, all right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're definitely gonna have to get you down here on the Gulf Come Coast, on. at least somewhere around New Orleans, Lafayette, Mobile, where everything's popping off. Like, you got to Oh, yeah, I'll be in here. New Orleans in April. Oh, at, awesome. At Sports Drink. Me and Jamel Johnson, we're doing a couple shows in New Orleans. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely come through to that if you're in that area. But, you know, maybe maybe we can string something along with there. I don't know. All right, bet, man. We'll awesome. make it happen. Well, if you want to give us a shout, let me play our music here. If I can't hear what's happening, there we go. Email us at openmicerspodcast at 
gmail.com. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. And our link tree is link tree slash open micers podcast. That's all of our socials. Everywhere you can give us some money, our Patreon, Cash App, PayPal, all that good stuff. We love every single one of you, and we will see you all next week. I can't work the chick boy. I can only count to seven. <laughs> <laughs> we got to tell you guys about B-Res Coffee Company. That's right. B-Res Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by gamers. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered. Like the out-of-this-world chocolate and caramel-flavored roast. Or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate-flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.